Okay, let's get into the word today. I'm really excited about uh, where we're going and what's happening over these next couple of days. Uh, just so you know, uh, the next two nights, we're going to be having our Christmas Eve service, and the place is going to be packed out. There's going to be a lot of people that are going to be here, a lot of your family and friends and neighbors and all of that good stuff. So be ready, because God is going to do some pretty cool things. Believe it or not, believe it or not, every single one of us have been greatly impacted by a very special teenage girl, a very special teenage girl who said yes. She said yes. This young girl lived in the middle of nowhere. She had a mindset that she was trapped. She felt like she was stuck um, in, in her young life. But actually, Christmas came to rescue her. Uh, Christmas came to rescue her because God was setting her up for something that was greater than she would ever imagine in her life that was going to be taking place. One of the great frustrations that I think that we deal with time to time, whether we're a Christian or not a Christian, uh, is, is the mindset of being convinced that you're trapped, that you're stuck, jammed up in life in one way or another. What frustrates all of us in this life is that we just feel at times we're stuck. We're stuck. In fact, I would guess that there are some who are here today who know exactly what I'm talking about. Whoever you may be, different ideas and different thoughts. Well, there may be those of you who feel stuck in a really bad relationship with some guy or with some girl. It didn't start out like that. But all of a sudden now, after some time, you're seeing something that you've never seen before and you feel stuck. Or maybe it's your marriage. Maybe right now your marriage is stuck. Maybe what was so much fun, so exciting, so intimate has just seemed to fade away in one way or another and you feel stuck in this marriage, you don't know what to do. Or maybe another thing is financially. Maybe financially you're stuck. Maybe financially you're dealing with some things and now consequently you are, you are in deep debt. Maybe a couple of you are facing something right now that you never thought in a million years that you would ever deal with. You feel stuck. You feel like you're in the middle of it. And maybe there are some of you who have have lost hope thinking that there's just no hope to recover from any of this. Maybe lost hope, uh, maybe those of us who have lost hope about uh, something like this that would take place in our lives that we feel so stuck. It says in Proverbs chapter 13, verse 12, it says, hope deferred, hope deferred makes the heart sick. It makes the heart sick, hope deferred. So hopelessness, hopelessness can do a real number on each and every one of us. Whoever you are, whatever it is that you're facing right now, I just want to say to you as your pastor today, don't lose hope. In the midst of whatever you're going through, stuck or whatever the thing may be, don't lose hope. Because if, the Christmas, if Christmas came to, this, to the rescue of this young lady, I believe that Christmas can come and rescue you as well. It can come to you and I, just like it did for this young lady. Uh, but if you yourself are not stuck, and maybe you're here today and it's just not resonating with you because you're not stuck. Everything seems to be going well. Well, that's great. We're happy for you. But at the very least, especially if you're a Christ follower, that there would be those that you know in your life. There are different people, family, friends, whoever they may be, people at work, people in the gym, people at school, wherever you find yourself in your neighborhood. There are people more than likely next to you or in your life who are feeling hopeless right now who are feeling helpless, like they're stuck, they're trapped in a really bad way right now. And yet, in my humble opinion, I think worst of all, worst of all, that there may be uh, even some of you who are spiritually stuck, spiritually stuck, 
because your relationship seems to have gone cold. It's lifeless. You feel distant from God. It, it, it even feels at times that God has abandoned you. God has left you. But listen to me. Please listen to me with that one thought. Just so you know, that last thought that I just said to you, that somehow or another you think God has abandoned you. That's a lie. It is not a reality. Come on, somebody give me an amen here. It's a lie. It's a lie coming from our enemy, the devil. He whispers to us. And what we need to whisper back is the truth of God's word. So if you're feeling that God has abandoned you, if you think that God has given up on you because you're just too bad, you've done too many wrong things, you said you wouldn't and you're still doing it. I want to let you know that the devil is a liar. He is not telling you the truth and you need to de defeat that with the truth of God's word. Last week's message, we talked about God who broke through all the silence to make himself known. And the angel came to the shepherd boys that night and said, I bring you, I bring you good news that will be, that will be, uh, that will bring great joy for all the people, for all the people, for all people, this good news comes. I personally believe that Christmas will break through all the, the fears and all the frustrations and the feelings that, that you and I may have, and God will give you good news with great joy, good news with great joy. So let's go back to the young lady that we started off with this morning who felt trapped and like she was stuck until God came along and changed everything for her. I believe that this young lady has even uh, led the way in dealing properly and effectively with hopelessness, with being stuck. You see, that young lady who was stuck in this Christmas story, her name is Mary, as if you didn't know. Her name is Mary. Mary, she believes that she's stuck because she lives in a podunk town called Nazareth. It is uh, not a very impressive city, community to be in. I've been there myself. It still isn't all that cool, all that except for the history behind it all. And rumor even has it that no good thing comes out of Nazareth. And at this moment, she believes that she's stuck. She's a young teenage girl, some age, 14, 15, 16 years old. We're not exactly sure, but this is what the scholars say that she feels stuck. And Mary is, is also in a pre-arranged marriage. Now, I don't know about you. Uh, I don't think that's all that bad of an idea. But we're going to talk about that at another time under another subject. But she's involved in a, in a, in a pre-arranged marriage. So her mom and dad all of a sudden come along, knock on the door, and say, it's all set, sweetie. You're going to marry Joe. And then all of a sudden, I can just imagine this teenage girl, Mary, say, oh, let me guess. He's a carpenter too, right? Yeah, I thought so because all of them named Joe are carpenters here in this city, in this town. And, uh, but she felt, she, so Mary felt stuck with all of this in a prearranged marriage and in this one horse town of Nazareth who probably is wondering, is there anyone out there is there anyone out there who knows me? Is there anyone out there who, who, who uh, would, would want to do something in me and through my life? Is there anyone there? Go with me to Luke chapter 1, verses 26 and 27. Luke chapter, Luke chapter 1. And it says here, verses 26 and 27, In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, to a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name 
was Mary. Even though she thought that she was stuck and she thought that God had even forgotten her. According to this passage, God knew exactly, exactly where Mary, uh, where Mary was at. In fact, in fact, God sent an angel to come and speak to her, to meet with her. And just so you know, believe it or not, what, what we call stuck, what, what God, uh, what others may call us being stuck, God himself calls this a setup for a miracle. When we are finding ourselves at some crossroads, we don't know where to go and what to do. Those kind of situations become the potential of God doing some miracle in our life. And the reason why I say that is because, as you know, God's ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are greater than our thoughts. Give me an amen to that. In fact, in this story, it tells us that, that God has not forgotten you either. You and I have not been forgotten like, by God, like Mary says that she feels. God, has, God knows exactly where you are, and he knows exactly what circumstances you're facing this very day. God knows exactly what, you are, what you're going through, and God has a plan for your life, just as he had a plan for Mary's life. Many of us know who Mary is. Many of us honor her and love her for what she did for us. We'll talk more about that in just a couple of moments. But the way I see it, Mary's Christmas story is also your Christmas story. Mary's Christmas story is also your Christmas story. In Luke chapter 1, verse 28, it says these words, the angel said to her, greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. The Lord is with you. Now, Come on, let's be real about this. Do you really think, knowing this little bit of an introduction to this message, do you really think that Mary felt that she was highly favored, like this angel said? Now, it doesn't say this in the Bible, and you know me, I always add a couple of Randy Chiss's thoughts in the Bible that is probably never, ever accurate, but I'm gonna give this thought too. So the, the, the angel said, you are highly favored, and I'm pretty sure that Mary said something like this, what you smoking, dude? because I don't feel very favored at all, or that the Lord is with me. I'm in Nazareth, and I'm stuck here, and I'm going to marry a guy named Joe, a carpenter of all things. Yippee! How exciting my life is going to be from here on out. No, I'm not favored, and no, I don't think God is with me. I feel stuck. I feel like I'm cursed. Now listen, listen, I know that most of us who are here today, we know the rest of Mary's story. We know how amazing she was and what she had done. We know all of that, but let me just dig through this a little bit because I want you to know whatever was happening with Mary back some 2,000 years ago, you need to know that in the Bible, the Bible says in Hebrews 13, 8, many of us know it by, my, by memory. Jesus Christ, say it with me, is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Say it again with me. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So what God was doing with Mary, that scripture tells me God wants to do with you. And God wants to do with me. God wants to do with all of us. God was setting Mary up for a miracle. And it began with an angel's visit that was sent to come to Mary, to be with Mary. And he says in Luke chapter one, verse 28, he says these words, the angel went to her and said, greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. Mary, you are highly favored and the Lord is with you. It was the truth and that's exactly what God said about Mary. And this is so extremely important to all of us who are feeling trapped right now. I get it, I've been there. 
I've been serving God for 48 years of my life. I understand when you feel like you're stuck, like you're trapped. You get into a situation, a circumstance that you think you may never get out of. And I'm certainly no angel, although Marianne thinks I am, but I'm no angel. And I declare to you, I don't know if she's in here or not, but she's not throwing anything at me if I did. But anyhow, I declare to all of you in this room, in the sound of my voice, it's true. It's true. You are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Do you feel that? Probably not. Can you put your shoulders back, your chest out? You're ready to to take a walk and saying, God, I'm favored by God. Most of us don't feel that, but that's what the Bible says. The word of God says for you and I that we are highly favored with God. The Lord is with you. And I know your thoughts. Your thoughts would be, but pastor, if you knew, if you knew my past, if you know what I've been into, if you know what I'm doing now, How could you say that to me? I want you to hold on for a moment. I want you to just hold on for a a moment and let me get a little bit technical with this one thought. And the very fact, the very fact that Jesus Christ came to this planet on Christmas morning to be your savior. He came here not to just be the savior of those those shepherds or those 2,000 years ago. He came for all generations. What he did, your savior is proof positive, proof proof positive that every one of you are indeed highly favored by God and the Lord is with you. Give me an amen and let's give the Lord a round of applause because he is so good. God, you're good. He is so good to us. So don't give up. Don't give up. Keep hoping. Keep moving forward. It was true about Mary And it's also true about you, whether you feel it or not. Have faith in God. Keep moving forward. Go with me to Luke chapter 1, verse 29. Got a little bit of scripture to read. And it says here, 29 and 30, it says, Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. A second time, a second time now she is being told that she is highly favored. Verses 31 and 30 through 33, and he says, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus, and he will be great, and he will be called the son of the most high. The Lord will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever, and his kingdom will never end. This is not just good news This is incredible news that is happening right now. It is incredible news. This is amazing what is coming to her. But again, I'm telling you again, it's not just to her. It's to all of us. It's to all of humankind. Come on, somebody give me an amen. It's not just for her, it's for all of us. And verse 34 says these words, it says, how will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? Good question, how is this gonna happen? I know I'm a virgin and I'm assuming Joe's a virgin at this point. How is this going to happen? Listen, we all know a pregnant virgin is not difficult. It's impossible. Have you ever thought about that? A pregnant virgin, a pregnant virgin is not difficult. It's impossible unless God is in the middle of this (coughs) with whatever God is doing. What some of you are facing, (coughs) excuse me, what some of you are facing and dealing with are not just difficult circumstances, but for you, they're impossible circumstances. The situations that you're feeling, it, is, it's just, it seems in your mind, in your heart, that this is an impossibility. 
that this is impossible. These are impossible circumstances. And you believe that no good, no good outcome is going to be happening here with this situation. It's not a hope kind of situation that I'm looking for. And I want to tell you, my friend, should that be your thought? If you are dealing with something and you're just completely going against everything that this word is saying that I'm preaching right now, I want to let you know you have wrong thinking because what you are focused on is your problem. What you are focused on is the issue that you're dealing with. And I believe as it was for Mary, it is, it is the same for you. He, she had an impossible situation and God did a miracle. And you have an impossible situation. And I believe that you can anticipate a miracle coming from God as well. I believe that God is setting you up for a miracle. If God can make a virgin pregnant and bring dead people back to life, your situation is not out of the reach for God to change. It is a possibility. Word of life, I'm looking to you who call Word of Life your church to not just break through those difficult times that come. You know, like being stuck behind a snowplow and you're thinking forever I'm gonna be following this car to, to this truck to work. Whatever, whatever those illustrations that you could possibly come up with. Uh, I'm not asking you to just, to just break through those difficult uh, situations, but I am also asking you to break through the impossible, the impossible things as well. Because church, when we believe God for the impossible, that makes room for God to do the miraculous that we're in in these days. Let me say it again, and let me say it a little bit slower. Because church, when we believe God for the impossible, what is that impossible in your life right now? What is that thing that you tag to be impossible? When we believe God for the impossible, that makes room for God to do the miraculous in these days that we're living in right now. In Luke chapter 1, verse 35 through 37, <clears throat> the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. And even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have her child in her old age. And she, and, uh, and she who was said to be unable to conceive in her sixth month is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. For no word from God will ever fail. Stop for a moment. Just think about this. For no word from God will ever fail. Amen. For no word from God will ever fail is what the scripture says. Luke 1.37. You should memorize that one because I think there's going to be days for us that we're going to need to remember that. No, no, um, where, where did that go? 37. No word from God will ever fail. It will never fail. God was telling Mary, I've got an assignment for you, Mary. And God is telling you and I, I've got a, an assignment for each of you as well. And I'm asking you a question. Are you ready for this assignment? Are you someone today who would be willing and ready because we're going to find here in just a minute that this is where Mary was at. She was ready. She was ready for the assignment that was set before her. Can I tell you that after 48 years of following Jesus, 48 years of following Jesus as a follower, there have been all kinds of risks that would be involved in my life and responsibility to, that I would have to fulfill as a Christ follower. Every one of us have that. Randy Chiz isn't the only one. We all have that. You have that responsibility. I have that responsibility to fulfill. And what God was asking Mary to do, it was loaded with risk. Loaded with risk. And it began with her reputation. Can you imagine? She's a teenager. 
Even as an adult, we don't like to have gossip. We don't like to have people talking bad about us either. But do you, do you believe that, do you, do you really believe that the people of that community where everybody knows everybody in that small town, everybody knows every, everybody, that they would believe Mary's story? Do you really think that they would do that? She's a teenager. And she's talking about this to different people. She's had a miraculous visitation from an angel from heaven and God has been speaking to her. Do you think that they're gonna believe Mary's story that there was an angel? As I said last week, it's been 400 years. They haven't heard anything from God. They, 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 don't, they thought God abandoned them. And now all of a sudden, here comes Mary, and she says she was visited by an angel. And she said, the angel was sent by God to meet with me, Mary, to meet with me. And I'm pregnant, and I'm a pregnant virgin, giving birth to God's son. I can, I can just see them right now rolling their eyes. I can imagine that they're wanting to get on the internet and start telling everybody what this crazy girl is talking about. But it was true. And they probably would respond with things like this that we would normally respond with somebody who comes up with a story like this. Mary, we, we've known you from birth. You're part of the community. We've known you from birth. Mary, you're, you're a teenager and Joseph isn't that much older than you. Come on, Mary, we know what has happened. We know what's going on and you're trying to cover it all up with this God thing and an angel thing. We know what's really taking place. And Mary would respond, no, Joseph and I are both virgins. And the baby in my womb is from God. And he will be great and will be called the son of the most high. I don't think they, they bought it. I don't think that they agreed with her on this at all. Joseph and Mary and Jesus would have to put up with gossip, would have to put up with ridicule, accusations for years. For years they would have to put up with this. Should Mary say yes? Mary, would you be willing to take that huge risk? Would you be willing to go through all of this? Listen, church, following God is not easy. And yes, there are always, always risk involved when you and I are deciding to follow Jesus. And probably the greatest risk that we deal with involves the people that you love the very most involves the people that I love with all of my heart. I don't want anybody to raise your hand at all, but how many of you have had family or friends tell you you're nuts? You're crazy. This being born again stuff, knowing Jesus, believing on Jesus, going to church and lifting up your hands when you're singing to God, tears flowing down, you're nuts. You're crazy. So who's talked to you? Again, don't give me any motion whatsoever. Is it your mother, your father? Is it a brother or a sister? Is it a neighbor? Is it a friend? Is it one of your best friends who have looked you in the eye and would make the assumption that you're crazy? You are nuts right now. So today, I'm asking you, I'm asking you if you would be willing to take a risk yourself over these next few days. Over these next few days and actually be willing to put your reputation on the line if that need to be. And that you would invite you would personally invite family and friends and co-workers and students to our Christmas Eve services. That's going to be Monday and Tuesday. It's going to be tomorrow night and the next night. Monday and Tuesday night at 6 p.m. The reason why I say this is because this is the easiest time for people to come to church. And there are a lot of good people who have a faith in God that do want to get together with other believers and celebrate the birth of our Christ. So I challenge you with this thought. 
that you would, you would want to move forward and invite some people, some of these people to church. <clears throat> Again, after 48 years, listen now, I know very well, no matter what, some of your family and friends and neighbors and classmates are going to tell you, no, they're not going to come. No thanks. Not interested. Not going to come. And that's what they say right now. But that doesn't mean that that's what they're really going to do. Because I'm asking you, please, don't you ever give up on your family, your friends, your neighbors, your classmates, your, whoever they may be in your life. Don't ever give up on that person. And do you know why? Because God never gave up on you. God never gave up on you. And I challenge you to make that decision. Don't give up on that person because God never gave up on you. Life is risky. We all take risk in this life that we're living. Falling in love can be risky. Uh, taking a new job can be risky. Having kids can be risky. Sometimes really difficult too. But as the church of Jesus Christ, we need to be more willing to take risk. We need to be more willing to take risks. The angel told Mary, no word from God will ever fail. No word from God will ever fail. What a promise that we have. There are risks, yes, and there is responsibility, yes, and being a, uh, for being a Christ follower. But God is depending on us. God is depending on you and me because he wants you and I to reach them. He wants you and I to love them, to serve them. And to care for them in their need, whatever their need is. And so as God put, uh, as God put uh, something wonderful in Mary that would ultimately reach all kinds of people, I believe that God is wanting to put something special inside of you as well. And I'm asking, especially over these next two days, that you would give uh, that person an opportunity that you know to come to church. Just simply invite them to come to church so that they may have an experience with God in one way or another. I challenge you to do that kind of thing. It is our responsibility to do that and to go into all the world and make disciples is what Jesus told us on his final charge before he left this earth. So the, this angel shows up and says, Mary, God is going to do something in you and God is going to do something for you. And by the way, Mary, God is going to do something through you as well. Mary, you are not stuck. God is planning your life way bigger than you would ever imagine it to be. God would say, Mary, I have a plan. I have a plan that will change everything for you. I am wanting you, Mary, to take some risk. I am asking that you would receive and address some of the responsibilities in all as a partner with me, God would say to Mary, because you're gonna become pregnant as a virgin. It's impossible. But with God, all things are possible. And I'm asking you to receive that this is God's plan for you, Mary. Mary, are you all in? Mary, are you all in? I've shared this real quick story with you before. And Marianne and I waited 37 years. Marianne and I waited 37 years for her father to come to know Christ as Lord and Savior. And it was a wonderful thing that happened. It was a miraculous thing. I led him in prayer. His, his daughter, my wife, was right next to me, and my other daughter-in-law was right next to her as I led my father-in-law. And I, I know I've told you this before, but to me, it's just so funny. You know, he was always a real quiet guy, and he never would say things loud. And, you know, he was, you know, just under, under the, you know, a little bit under rather than over the top. And so um, he, he is going to have open-heart surgery, and they told him he wasn't going to live through the surgery. More than likely, you're not going to survive. 
And so I got down to my father-in-law, got right down next to his face, had my arm around him, and I just said, I said, Pop, if, if you're going to die, I, I just want to, I want to pray with you to receive Christ. Would you want to pray with me now? <laughs> After all the other chances I gave you, are you going to take this chance? I'm just joking. I didn't say that at all. But he said yes. So when I began to pray, and my father-in-law was hard of hearing, and there was another man in a bed right over next to him in the, in the emergency room there. Not in the emergency room, but in the critical care. And so I said to him, repeat after me. Dad, pop, say it. Dear Lord Jesus. Dear Lord Jesus! <laughs> was how he prayed the prayer. And I think he scared the guy who was in the bed over next to him to receive Christ as well. Mary, we all have known you from birth. Mary, you're a teenager, and Joseph isn't that much older than you. Come on, we know all of that about you, Mary. And even in the midst of all the accusations and the gossip and the ridicules, all the assaults that would come her way, and come Joseph and Jesus' way as well, listen to what Mary says in Luke chapter 1, verse 38, and it says this, Luke chapter 1, verse 38. Mary says, I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. And may your word be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. In other words, Mary said yes. Mary said yes is what Mary said. Mary said yes. I just love, I just love this young lady. She's 14, 15, 16 years old, more than likely. And scholars are telling us that she was willing and ready to do whatever God would tell her to do. And she said yes. No matter what it was, she said yes. And that's why I love the younger generation of Word of Life Church, the younger generation of our communities. I just love the fact that they're willing to do whatever it takes. Once they have this relationship with God, they're willing to follow, they're willing to do whatever it's going to take. Of course, this is for all of us. It's not for just young adults, not just for young kids. This is for every one of us, young and old alike. God, we should say, God, you can count on me. Whatever you want, it's always yes. I tell that to God all the time. It's yes, yes, yes. Whatever you want. When Mary said yes to God, it changed the whole world because she said yes. She said yes, Jesus. Our Savior was born in that little town called Bethlehem. Every one of us and generations past have been favored, have been forever impacted by this virgin girl who said yes to God who lived in the middle of nowhere, who thought that she was stuck. Yet God, yet God was setting Mary up for something greater than she could ever imagine that would come her way. And if God did all of that with Mary, if God did all of that for Mary, have you ever thought what God might want to do with you? Have you ever thought what God may want to do through you to whoever those people are? in your life. A 15-year-old, 16-year-old, teenage girl named Mary, when she said yes to God, her yes changed everything for her life. Her yes changed everything for her life. And her yes changed everything for every one of us. And I want to ask you, Mary, 
Did you know? Did you know?